Hello, everyone. This is Elizabeth Lonis, Director of Communications at Park Street Church, and welcome back to the Park Street Church Pulse Podcast. Park Street Pulse Podcast. Um, we have been on hiatus for the summer, um, but we're back for a quick chat with um, Stephen Adams. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Elizabeth. <laughs> Thanks for coming in this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure. So, um, Stephen has been working for a few years with the sort of 4 p.m. service welcome greeter hospitality team, and I just recently had my basically my first conversation with him, and it was really great, and I wanted to invite you all to participate, so that's why I invited him here. Um, so... Introduce yourself. Tell us how you uh, got to Park Street. How long have you been here? How did you pick this church? That kind of thing. (laughs) Great, yeah. So I moved to Boston in 2010 in the middle of the winter um, from Texas. So I'd been living in Texas. I'm originally from Ohio, but I'd been living in Texas and and moved up here. And it was quite a quite a transition, as you know, everyone is is aware. Um, And you know, I was in Dallas and. Park Street was actually the only church people were aware of in New England, in, in Dallas. So they said, we're, we might, it possibly might be the only evangelical church in the north, Northeast right now. Um, I'm happy to say that's, that's not true, but it certainly is one of the most prominent for a number of reasons that I've come to love. Um, so I've been at Park Street ever since. I didn't even bother looking around. Um, I was so delighted with... Uh, their focus on missions and on music and preaching. Um, uh, so I've been here about seven and a half years now. I've been a member for about three or four, um, basically ever since I got out of law school and decided I was going to be in Boston long term. Uh, for whatever reason, that seemed to make a make a difference at the time. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I serve now with... Uh, the 4 p.m. service. I'm the deacon of hospitality there and the uh, greeting coordinator specifically. So I work with the greeters and then more broadly with all of the hospitality ministries, which includes the ushers and the food service and anything else that gets started. Do you think of yourself as a particularly hospitable person? I was very shy as a child. Hmm. Um, I was very shy and I was not very confident for work with at working with people, and I'm very much of an introvert. So no, I don't think I think of myself as a particularly like naturally warm and welcoming person. What's funny is that I find that many of the people that actually value hospitality don't. Like people that think of themselves as a naturally, like it, that comes naturally to, they don't think of it as something that's important. Hmm. But it's the people who struggle with it, who have had to work at it, who have, you know, suffered from the lack of, you know, having difficulty inviting people into their lives that really come to value it and that talk about it. Um, And I think that is, you know, my uh, my experience. Was there a, can you think of a time where you sort of had a mental shift between I'm shy and nobody's talking to me and, oh, I should be the one talking to other shy people. Yeah. Actually, I can identify the moment pretty clearly. It's a, a, a very strange um, 
thing. So when I was in high school, um, we uprooted from Ohio where I'd lived all my life um, in the same house, basically. And we moved to uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, sight unseen um, for my dad's work. Um, so this is the middle, middle of high school. In fact, the middle of my sophomore year, it was like right at new year's. Um, and we moved, I, I went into a private school there. Um, and it was a pretty difficult couple years in high school. Um, the school was small. A majority of the school had been there together since pre-kindergarten. And New Orleans has a very tight um, social center, um, and it's not easy to break into. It's based on, you know, very, very long relationships. Um, So I think sometime in my junior year, you know, I was doing very well in school, and I just had, you know, nonetheless, even though I was a a three-sport varsity athlete, um, which was a little less impressive at this small school. Um, and, uh, you know, a very good student. I just had a number of negative social interactions. You know, I went for something for student president and even though I, I worked very hard and I thought I had a good reputation, I, I didn't get it. Um, I went for uh, senior court and even though like 80% of the men in our class were elected to senior court, you know, I didn't get it. And, um, I don't know, something kind of hit me. Um, and I, I realized like, you know, I'm not very good with people. And it may or may not be completely true, but like, that was just the, like something hit me. Like I'm not doing something right. Like I'm good with sports. I'm good with school. Um, but I have trouble making friendships and relationships. And, um, I went through a kind of a period of, you know, readjustment and, I, you know, I view it very much as the Lord working um, in my life, reorienting myself to um, a subject matter he cares a great deal about, which is people. Um, and that doesn't mean he doesn't care about school or sports. I think he does. But God used those abilities um, in my life to be able to prepare me to work with, with people. Um, and ironically, it was actually a book, um, or it was, uh, somebody put Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people in my hands, which, you know, I don't necessarily recommend. Like <laughs> okay, it you're not going to hand it out to the greeting. It team. was the right thing for me at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we can talk about, you know, <laughs> true Christian hospitality right. and where that comes right. from later. Um, but the thing that stuck out with me is, uh, make people feel important. Hmm. And, um, you know, now after a long time of reflection, I realize that we make people feel important because people are important. Right. People are deeply, deeply important to God. And so it is right and appropriate that we communicate that to them by making them feel important. Um, but at the time it was just like, you know, don't talk about yourself. Don't talk about the things that you like. And expect people to just, like, you know, serve you. Mm -hmm. Like, think about what are they interested in? Who are they? You know, go into them with a learner's attitude. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, since you have spent so much time in Louisiana and Texas and now uh, live, I guess, in Ohio. So that's 
some three pretty different parts of the country. You have Midwest hospitality, you have Southern hospitality, and now you have world-famous New England hospitality, right? (laughs) So what would you say is sort of the strengths and weaknesses or differences in the cultures between um, what is, I guess, sort of traditionally known as Southern hospitality, and then I've never, I have personally never heard the phrase New England hospitality, Um, (laughs) but how we choose to either, I, I, I don't know, just the, 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 the culture of welcome or lack of welcome here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I was certainly primed to experience a lack of welcome when you're coming here. It's yeah. definitely something that people in Texas feel that they're, they're um, good at or, or feel confident in. Um, and, you know, I experienced it. I loved my time in the South. Um, you know, I would not say I found... I think New Orleans was a very um, social place. Um, at its heart, I'm not sure that it was truly a welcoming place for, um, you know, reasons that don't necessarily have to do with um people's individual fault. Like it's been around for a long time and people have very long relationships. And when you have like a person you've known for 20 years and somebody you've just met, like it's very natural to spend a lot more time with those kind of deep relationships. Um, you know, in Texas, Texas is very much a state that is still in flux. It's still growing. It's still expanding. A lot of people in Texas are new there or moving or, you know, Texas has changed radically since the 1960s. Um, you know, uh, really it took off, like the South generally took off after World War II and after the invention of residential air conditioning. Fact. Um, <laughs> so um, people are still, you know, there's much more equality in terms of length of relationships. A lot of people feel new. A lot of people are getting established. Hmm. Um, New Orleans and and New England have a different situation. Um, There's a much uh, wider spectrum of, you know, length of time. Some people have been here for 400 years. For 400 years. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, and then everywhere in between. Yeah. And some institutions have been here, you know, for very long. And when you're thinking in terms of 200 years, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a different experience. That said, I don't actually, I have actually been very happy with how welcome I've been and how easy it is to make relationships. One is, you know, sure, maybe a couple people in Boston have families that have been here for 400 years, but a lot of people are new. You know, we have a huge number of new people, students, immigrants, uh, transplants like me. They're all looking to meet people. Um, and New England does have a heritage of, of hospitality, even though people aren't very aware of it. Um, there's been some recent research on um, the Puritans that have been reframing them from this kind of dour uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne style that, for some reason, uh, post-Puritan New England liked to think of them as, um, to a much more friendly, social, communal, helping each other um, perspective. And certainly there are well-documented cases of you know expulsion, um, but those were very much an exception. Mm. Um, and I think those would be also things that, you know, future generations will, will not necessarily find unique. Mm. Um, so um, could we do like a mini hospitality therapy session here? I sure. have some. 
have some things that I need to either unburden or advice that I need to have or something. So when I was growing up, my parents, particularly my mother, was very good about inviting people over for dinner after church. She would put extra food uh, like in the on the timer oven, and um, just see who she could find who was new and invite them over for after church. That's fabulous. That idea panics me. Like it, it panics me <laughs> to think that that is something that I should be doing. Like you know, quote air quotes should be. Um, we all are in. I mean, I, m- me and my husband both work full time. I don't have a lot of even prep time for my own life, let alone company. Um, and and then I do feel that, like, I don't, that thing that you're saying about the, the friends that you know versus the new people, like, I don't have a lot of time for the friends that I know and those friendships that I want to build up. Yeah. Um, so, so... How should, so I guess that, that feeling of like, oh, the standard of hospitality that I should be achieving is nowhere. I'm just never going to achieve that. And that trickles down to this kind of social anxiety in the pews of if I'm too friendly, maybe they'll like me and then I'm going to have to be their friend. And I don't know if I have time to be their friend. And so anyway, when passing the piece, there can be a lot of social anxiety about that. Um, Please advise. Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with you. I okay. think I feel anxiety about, you know, having uh, dinner for people at my house. And it is a lot of work. Um, and, you know, I, my, my general thought is that God asks us to share with each other out of what he has given us and not out of what he has not given us. Um, and hospitality is generally the making space for other people um, in your life. Um, And for us, I think that often means we do have to be deliberate about making time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we schedule our lives, we, we plan out our budgets, and we should be deliberately creating margin in those for other people. Um, But you know what, it's, I, my wife and I have come to realize that it's a lot easier for us to be hospitable by taking people out to dinner, even if we split the check, Mm -hmm. like just spending that time with them, being deliberate about the questions we ask, um, you know, carving out places in our, in our schedule to, to do that has been, um, you know, an important discipline, um, for us. And, and, you know, I think, you know, if you're not a cook, like that's really fine. That's not something that God is calling you to to, to share. And, you know, a lot of people don't have time to come over to other people's houses. They'd much rather meet you for breakfast near work. Um, so I think there's a very powerful ministry that can be totally happen, but it does require a commitment to give kind of what we do have and hold that before God. Mm. Have you practiced, um, have you practiced the art of conversation? 
I'm not sure what, what, what you, which <laughs> so it, it sounds like that's all in capital letters. Uh, I, th- I mean, I'm, I think that that is probably the title of a book or something that I've heard of, but I just mean, I have found that conversation is an art. It is something that you can practice. That is absolutely true. To, um, you, you talked about, you know, making people feel important because they are important. Um, it is, I, am still a beginner at this, I can easily fall into conversation with people on topics that, oh, I share an interest or like, I understand that. Um, and, and yet with a brand new person that I have no idea, I don't want to interrogate them or make them feel like they're getting 20 questions or that I like want to know all about them, but I do want them to feel important and feel comfortable and free to share. Yes. Yeah. That is, that is a hospital. Hospitality and conversation is actually a very powerful tool for people that have it. I have to confess, it's not something I consider uh, a strength. Uh, talking is a, is a strength of mine, but I think the hospitality and conversation often comes from making space by to listen uh-huh. to other people. Um, and that's definitely a skill that I deeply desire. Um, you know, the... Um, uh, uh, the book of Proverbs says the tongue of the wise brings healing and whoever holds his tongue is wise. Um, two different verses. Um, and those that it's just like a terribly profound insight. The idea that by talking to somebody or not talking to somebody and just listening mm-hmm. to them, I can be bringing the healing of God into their life somehow. And this is something that I would love to have. And I don't feel like I have it yet. So if you come across <laughs> anybody that has it, please direct them my, my oh, way. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I had said um, in conversation with you before that one of the things that I love about um, about church in general and about particularly that moment at the front door where you're welcome pe- welcoming people in is that sort of, and again, air quotes, worldly social barriers seem to drop Mm -hmm. that anyone coming in gets sort of the same greeting and the same respect and the same love, regardless of whether you're a hedge fund manager or own a yacht or are homeless or, you know, anything in between. Um, and you had talked about welcome, welcome ministry and just welcoming being sort of the, just talk about that. <laughs> Absolutely, this is a this is a topic I love to talk about. So you've you've uh, this is I'm very happy. Um, so you know there is in scripture. Scripture does talk about favoritism and not ex- uh, favoritism specifically in terms of greeting. You know, um, do you take you know the rich person and put them in a place of prominence? You know, their society had much more of a ranked space than we do, um, but we still have you know, the people that we invite to this party and that party. And, um, uh, there's a, there's an excellent book called Making Room by Christine Pohl, which I recommend on, on the topic of hospitality generally. Um, but she talks about hospitality as, um, and the power of recognition in hospitality as a justice matter. So when you think about how do we heal our social systems, 
and what power do we actually have? You know, we have the power of protest or the power of letters or the power of our votes. One of the things that we have is the power of who we recognize and who we greet. So when we are deliberate and we, you know, greet a homeless man with as much passion as we greet one of our close friends, um, you know, it, uh, authentically. And sometimes that requires, you know, growth and challenges as we, as we come to see this person as um, a person deeply beloved by God. Um, we, uh, we are operating counterculturally. We're operating against whatever the cultural you know, milieu is that depersonifies that, that person. Uh, and, you know, I use the homeless as an example, but, um, you know, we have to be really sensitive to that, whether it's, it's immigrants, people who don't speak English. Um, sometimes it's tourists, you know, that, that, you know, you feel really, really frustrated about them and, and reminding yourself that this is a person that Jesus loves and calls me to love, um, is one of it's, it's, very powerful in communicating the love of Jesus, but it's also very powerful in our own personal discipleship. So as we learn to follow Jesus, this is something I love about greeting. Every time I meet a person, um, I am confronted um, by my own lack of love, and that person is Jesus calling me to love. Um, And so, you know, I get to practice day after day as I meet people, like, you know, do I love this person? Generally, the answer is no, um, <laughs> and then I have to add, then I have to, you know, grieve that and ask God, you know, fill me with love for this person, um, and it's it's a very powerful dynamic when practiced over time. How has your role um, as in this ministry bled into your work life? Because I imagine you can't shut off these kinds of musings on Monday morning, you know. Certainly not. <laughs> and, and there is some literal bleed over in which I find myself reading articles during work, during a, during a quiet, like a, a, a down period, yeah. or certainly studying it on my way into work or after work. Um, I do believe that work is a very important place for us to practice our faith. And... Um, you know, the categories in work, there, there is to some extent you have to be aware of like marginalized people or unrecognized people in, um, um, in the workplace. And I think it's important to become familiar with the categories that apply in your particular workplace. Um, I think one of the big challenges in the workplace, though, is um, hospitality toward your enemies. Mm-hmm. So um, workplaces are as close to kind of the modern equivalent of a village as, you know, we have. Like, these are people that you have many repeated interactions with and, you know, as deep a relationship as, you know, many people have in their in their lives, you know. Um, and in that context, um, most people come up against people that they don't like. Um, and it often, it, it could be that they've done something to you. Um, it could just be their personality. Um, and there are, uh, you know, people that I find difficult to, 
to get around, along with, and I know there are people who find me difficult to get mm-hmm. along with. Um, and oftentimes that comes out with people that just can't get away from you. And I think it's really important that we think about Jesus's commandments to love our enemies. Um, you know, that is a deeply powerful greeting principle. If we're called to love our enemies, if we're called to love sinners, then certainly we should be loving people who just have annoying personality traits. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's nothing necessarily sinful about the tone of your voice or the shape of your face. Like, those are things you can't help. And we have to, you know, recognize that when that is what's between us, that's on us. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so back to the, from the week, it's back to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, um, if you could, if you had all the resources and all the time and all the volunteers, what kind of welcome ministry uh, would you like to see happen at Park Street? What, would you, what do you think would be a really quality, robust welcome ministry? I dream about this a lot. So it's... <laughs> uh, um, and I haven't quite found the nutshell needed to to deliver it, but let me paint some broad brushstrokes. One is I would love to have a much larger percentage of the church involved. Um, you know, the greeting ministry and the hospitality ministries generally, food service and ushering are um, are very easy ministries. They don't require a lot of time, but they're very important and they're great fun. You build some really strong friends in them. And I would love to have, you know, a large percentage of the church be flowing through those or regularly participating or, you know, kind of ad hoc contributions um, uh, because they value it and because they they enjoy it. Um, and I think that would that level of awareness would make the person in the pew, I think, just much more sensitized to, you know, the newcomers around them. Um, also, you know, when you're at the doors, you just become much more familiar with the faces at Park Street, and it's easier to see a new person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually one of the things that's hard about Park Street is it's not always obvious who the new people are. The new people feel like it, I'm very obvious, but they don't realize that a lot of the other people around them also feel like newcomers, mm. um, including people who have been here a long time. Um, so that would be one of the things I would love to get, you know, more involvement Um, The other thing is that um, I have, I would love for the church as a whole, as a a body, to develop a vision for what it means to bring people in to their community. And in my head, I'm, I'm, I have a term for this. I'm calling this my, the door to core channel, because I like things that rhyme, (laughs) the door to core channel, or possibly even before the door to core channel. Um, but that might be a little much, three, three <laughs> rhymes. Um, and what, what I mean by this is what is the pathway by which a person hears about our church and comes through our door till they are, you know, a leader in their ministry with a, a, a deep set of friends growing, you know, in the life of Christ in, in our body? What are the steps that, you know, we expect somebody to take or, um, that, you know, we would guide if, if they ask, what's the process to become into your body? Like, do we have something that we would tell them? And it doesn't have to be an easy path. Um, but, um, you know, Hebrews says, make straight paths for your feet. 
um, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And I think that goes for the body of Christ as well. I would like, you know, that channel to be, you know, wide enough and straight enough that people can can find it if they choose to walk it. Um, it doesn't mean it has to go downhill. Um, you know, can go uphill as it probably should. Um, but um, so I think some of the things like what what does that what does that look like? Um, you know, greeters are at the beginning of that channel. I think you come in the door and you greet you're you're greeted, um, hopefully warmly. Um, you have your answer your your questions answered. They may give you a sheet of paper saying, "Hey, you want to learn more about Park Street? Here are four things." You know, um, here's a, a newcomer's a way of connecting to the church. Learn about the church. Here's how to get in a small group. Um, here's how you get our newsletter. Um, here's, you know, when cafe is or whatever the particular ministry you're interested in. So, um, and then, you know, I'd love for them to have a way of getting into a small group and then, you know, having the expectation that if you're in a small group, you know, people should be talking to you about, mem- about membership. Like, are you thinking about membership? And because membership is the prerequisite for much, many of the opportunities of service at Park Street. Um, so that, that kind of core to short, door to core channel, having, uh, you know, having a vision for it and knowing what the transfer points are and like monitoring and making sure that they're happening. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, have you talked to the people in your small group about doing small group leader training? Have you talked to them or do you know whether they're a member? Like mm-hmm. these type of things. How would a person get in touch with you if they're like, wow, this sounds exactly what I've been looking, like exactly what I've been looking for? Well, you can find me on Sundays at many of the doors <laughs> at the 4 p.m. service. Um, or you can um, email me at uh, my, my email is sdadams25 at gmail. I'd love to hear from you. We, you know, we, we really are looking for to grow our, our welcome ministry at the 4 p.m. this year, and, and I think we'd love to have some people who have that heart join us. That sounds great. So at the end of um, all of these podcasts, we have said a prayer for the ministry. So would you pray with me? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Lord, um, thank you for the amazing fact that our church is has been built in, here in the middle of Boston at the busiest tea stop um, in all of Boston for over 200 years. Thank you that we have doors that are wide open to the city. I pray, Lord, that you would help us not squander that fact. Thank you for the people that you have called to the welcome ministry, the first and, and I'm not going to say most important, but a vital, very important um, initial ministry to everyone who is walking by and hopefully into our church. Thank you for Stephen and Eva, their hearts, um, for greeting, for hospitality, for warmth and welcome. Um, and I pray that you would bless this ministry. Please let others, um, their hearts be pricked for this. And, um, and I pray that you would, um, you would bring others who feel the need to welcome warmly. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I um, just wanted to let you know that I am always looking for new people to hear from on this podcast. I know we have an amazing abundance of stories in this church, but I do not know them all. So if you know of someone whom you think the world should hear from, please send me their name. You can get in touch with me at elonis at parkstreet.org. Also, if you have experience with podcasting at all or would like to help improve this very loosely organized program in any way, please get in touch with me then too. Um, my email again is elonis, that's E-L-O-H-N-E-S at parkstreet.org. And tune in more in September when hopefully I will once again have weekly episodes. Peace.